go. I'm honored to be sitting down in the presence of a person who, during a time where um, my nephew had recently passed away, and it was a time where I felt I really needed some direction. I didn't feel good within myself. So a close friend said, there's this man that does fitness down at the Broadway school. And I went down there for the first time and the session was difficult, mentally and physically challenging. His work ethic is highly inspiring to a lot of people. So to kickstart, the first episode of our audio podcast. Jay and myself would like to welcome Ezra Ace Fitness Taylor. Welcome, my brother. Welcome. For those who's listening who may not know who you are, tell the listeners a little bit about you. My present occupation, I would say, is fitness, general health and fitness, which when I say occupation, I don't even know if occupation is the right word because it's a lifestyle for me. Yeah. It's just my life. Um, I've been fortunate that I've kind of built a business around it, but I eat, live, and sleep this. It's as simple as that, really. I don't want to call this an interview. We've talked about this um, mm. many times, and I, and I think it's really, we'll sit down and have a discussion. Yeah. And to start, it's, I mean, I really want to go through your journey of where you started and where you've ended up because I look around your gym I see all the equipment and people trust me there's equipment here to train every single body part but if a client was to walk through the door today they wouldn't necessarily know the journey so I really want to talk about the journey but before we even start on that when you look around yourself Ezra what comes to mind because you know this when I first met you you didn't have this but if you was to reflect back on your journey now you look around how do you feel about that it it takes me in different ways Steve because um, for example there's times when I'm in here and I'm I'm putting things together after a class and then I look around as an individual who so much believes in the power of creativity, it makes me know that this is what I've created, basically from nothing. Who that? Three, two, one, work. Come on, come on. But just putting my mind into something to, to believe in myself that. I can do it, I can do that. Put that there, put that there and so forth. And build it. Because like you said, this was an empty room when I first got it. Just an empty room. And as you can see how it looks now. And that's just adding your creativity. Which as far as I'm concerned, and you hear me talk throughout the, the conversation, it's all about mindset. The more you put your mind into what you want to achieve, I think you can achieve it. That's where we all have got to start from putting the my having the dream and then making the dream reality and i think that's all i've really done here looking back then because we see the gym now and as you said it wasn't like this when you first stepped in i want to take you back before ace fitness started mm. and take you back to the early 80s and 90s mm. birmingham mm. what was life like for you navigating during the 80s and 90s right um 
in the 80s, 90s. Okay, let's go back. I left my parents' house at the age of 16, just before my 17th birthday. Um, in them days, as a young person coming up, I was already kind of influenced by Rasta, Rastafari, yeah? Um, believe it or not, I left my parents' house and went across the road. In, uh, in those days, what we call a house of dread and just mingled with some brothers who were there and, you know what I mean? Trying to find a direction in life, where we were going from here. Um, that was a very, very serious opening for me because it now made me have to, Rasta made me have to question everything that I was already taught yeah. from coming up to the age of 17, 16, 17. We had a thing, what we, we, we had a way of reasoning asking questions about life and so forth and so forth so it gave me that mindset already without even realizing of thinking for yourself thinking outside the box who are you what are you what's your purpose in life things like that mm. so even down to even food changing our diets and things like that these became a big big part of our our, our conversations um that was a very, very impactful moment on myself, definitely. I think the reason why I, I really wanted to go back there is from my experience of attending your sessions. Mm. Sometimes when people are not working as hard and so forth and you'll stop the session and you'll go into a, a discussion about when you was growing up or my parents and so forth. Mm. And to me, right, it, it empowers me to go harder so going back to those days do you feel that those teachings in terms of you said the rasta culture and exploring yourself really helped you now in terms of how grounded you are with the the healthy eating yeah. the messages that you're putting out and most definitely 100 percent. yeah because um i think the only way that i have personally grown is because of rasta because Rasta teaches self-reliance. You know what I mean? Know thyself. Know thyself was one of the earliest concepts that really stuck to me. Know who you are. Not who society wants you to be or your parents want, want you to be. But find out who you are. And what that's done for me does make me always trying to improve myself, better myself, understand my own self to the point of Virtually everything in my life, I try to question. Why do you do that? Why do you do this? Would it be better to do that? You, the, the, the main conversation I believe you'll ever have in life is the one that you have with yourself. And touching on to that time period, the 80s and going into the 90s, Hansworth was always known to be high unemployment rate. Mm. And then you had the, the riots, mm. the Hansworth riots. Mm. So again... How did you navigate yourself through that time period? And those are all learnings and teachings that I feel you've brought into now who Ezra is. That's why you're so consistent. Mm. Funny enough, right? I, I personally don't, wouldn't even think that it really affected me because as somebody already, my teaching is already self-reliance. Knowing who you are, knowing what you want out of life. So even in those early days, I already had been to Africa 
twice. Okay. Because that was what I wanted to do. So, like I was saying to you before we even started, a lot of the time I don't really allow what's going on around me to throw me off my course. Once I know what I want to do, and I wanted to do at that time was to travel. Because within Rasta concept, Africa is a very, very important part of it. So I already went to Africa. So no matter what was going around me at the time with all the rioting and all them kind of things, because it's just unrest, yeah. civil unrest. Um, people not happy with how the society is running at the present time, the black on black violence, um, the system and so forth. But what are you going to do? Are you going to be a part of that in the sense that you're going to make it affect you, that you're going to become negative within yourself or you're going to just keep fighting and knowing that I've got to be tunnel vision. This is my journey. This is what I want to do. I don't, you know what I mean? At those times, you don't really have much faith within the system, but you've got to make a better way for your own self. It's like you're just going to sit down and moan about it or you're going to get up and do something about it. Africa mean a lot to me. So like I said earlier, I already had been to Africa two times. So all I'm thinking now is self-reliance. No matter what you're going to, no matter how the system is and all that kind of thing, you've got to remain self-reliant. I had children at that time. So then it wasn't just about me. I've got mouths to feed and so forth. So I've got to be a strong human being. And what was that first experience of Africa like for you? Well, how would I say, how would I say? Africa is beautiful. My first, the first trip to Africa I went was Gambia. And it was, it was just a fantastic experience. To leave a country which is basically under a cloud, grey, and then go to another country which is sunshine, blue sky, and so forth. That, to me, was overwhelming. The, the way a lot of people had painted Africa before I visited there, it it blew my mind in a sense. Because you know, seeing say, it ain't as how people are trying to make out. Africa is beautiful. Africa have richness to it. And in some sense, I always say it, I, I think a lot of us are wasting our time here. With the skills and education that we've got here now, I think a lot of us are wasting our time in this country at this present moment in time. In terms of kind of like the career pathway, for yourself. Mm. Did, did you work in a Caribbean shop? I've done did a, you spend a I've, I've, Yeah, yeah. I used to, um, I got a good friend, Bing, Island Hot. Yes. It used to call Island Hot at that time. Yeah. yeah. It's now called Bing's. Yeah. Um, he's a very, very good friend of mine. I used to work with him for, well, a couple of years, actually. I've done a couple of things. And the reason why I've taken it down that pathway, I've done a little bit of research. Okay. And, and, because I, I was trying to figure out when the training aspect really came into your life. Ah. And um, I think it was known, right, to be training at those times as well in between breaks. Yes, yeah. Is that? That's correct. You know, what influenced you to take up training? What would I say? I think it was, right, about, say, the age of nineteen twenty. Yeah. I'm still on that journey of... Um, nutrition was the first part of Rasta that really, really kind of propelled me to kind of look after self, my body and all that. Oh, nutrition. It, it, it kind of makes sense now. Right. And this is why I wanted to do the timeline 
Okay. Because in terms of, sometimes when you send the messages out, Ezra, I'll be honest with you, I'm looking and I'm thinking, how does Ezra keep up with this nutrition lifestyle? Because mm. I'll start it and fall off, start it and fall off, but it's starting to make sense now. Okay. Yeah. Um, Like I said, nutrition was the first thing because Rasta don't really eat meat. That's one main thing we, in our coming up, was the first thing that we were really promoted. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. I took on that thing straight away. Change diet, no dairy, no white sugar, no white bread, all that kind of stuff. Um, But I ain't going to lie. The mistake I made on that way was that I didn't replace it properly. So I would say for the first year and a half, my health was wrong. I was tired all the time, didn't have no energy, all of that. Right, because I didn't have the, I, I, I take, I took things out of my diet, but I didn't replace it properly. I didn't have the education. So it, it, it led me back to the drawing board to say, all right, look, more this, more lentils, more protein, all that kind of stuff. And I readdressed the whole situation to the point where I think I've got it right. Remember, it's a constant journey. Even if I get it right today, there's still more learning for tomorrow. So it's just constant. I think that I kind of got on the right path. Within that time now, here comes the fitness because I'm now also learning that you've got to keep your body strong. If you want a strong body, you have to put in the work. A lot of my life is based on education. I like to read, study, educate myself. We had things at, at that time called um, personal development programs, which were basically on cassettes. Okay. In the 80s, I was... After the food shop, I was, um, had a good friend because I used to really in- invest a lot in cassettes and music. Music, I must say, is my, music is my first education. There's no two ways about that. Music is my first education. Reggae music. What Burning Spear was saying at the time, Bob Marley. All these artists were saying at that time has really been a great, great influence to me. So, um, I had a good friend, Don Christie. I ended up working for him, also buying the business off him. Okay. But before we get to that, yeah. he was a good, good friend of mine. I used to go to London and get records and bring down the stock and all that kind of thing for him. During that journey, because this is a very important part as well, I used to stop off at service stations just to do a stretch and take a little walk around and so forth. And I came across these cassettes how to be a better person, how to develop your mindset. And I I was very, very intrigued by them. You used to just buy them, put them in the car, and listen. One of my greatest teachers, a man called Jim Rohns. Okay. He just asked the questions. Who do you want to be? Where are you going to be in the next 10 years? Now, if somebody's asking you these questions, you've got to answer them yourself. You've got to find the answer. Because I thought these were very, very relevant questions. And I really think that had a, that that had such an influence on my mindset. He would talk about health. You cannot be strong if your mind and your body ain't healthy. I questioned all these things, and it it helped me develop to develop a change in my life. You know what I mean? Start doing my push-ups, start going to the gym, and so forth. Somebody told me about a guy named Rob Walters. He used to run a little fitness club. This is back in the eighties, down at Aston Villa Leisure Centre. And I used to attend his classes. I remember times when I used to be in London, getting stuck, 
And all I'm thinking about is getting out of London, hitting the motorway to get back to this guy's class which started at 7.30 in the evenings. And sometimes I used to be late, but I'd make sure I'd never missed. Even if I rolled in there 10 minutes late, just got on it, boom. Didn't even get to change my clothes. Just ran up and down and stretched out and done what, what, what was asked of me. So without even realizing it, those things were kind of shaping me because I already kind of was under the full tip. And now I wanted to get my body strong because I knew the importance of having a strong body from those times. And this is why I think it's important that we have these discussions. Because a lot of people see the end results, especially yourself as mm. a as an instructor. You probably have clients that want that change or that body instantly. Mm. And just going off what you're speaking about, it's stemming from the early days in terms of. So I always speak to you about the music that you play. Mm. Um, I think your music selection is very very wide. Mm. Um, all genres mm. but I feel that they are selected in a certain way mm. because there's tracks that you put on that will touch certain people and then motivate them to work harder mm. so you talking about you know the cassettes and working in you know the record shop and so it makes sense now mm. why your music selection is so wide mm. and, and why it's fitting as well all right, let me tell you something what you may not know, but you might know. It is, I built my own business, which was called Ace Recordings. Okay. Right? Yes. Which was, because remember, I was collecting music, really collecting music. And I had this mindset to say, put everything on cassette. Remember the little cassettes? Yeah. The little- so I used to just buy my music and just record everything. But within my recording, because... I had friends who said, hey, um, can I get a copy of that? Can I get a copy of that? So it wasn't a, a case of just putting anything on anything, just putting any music where and there. I used to sit down, listen to each individual track, listen to what that individual saying on that particular track, and then marry it up to another track. So basically, if you were to listen to one of my cassettes back in the day, you, it, would, it would basically tell a story. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Yes, it wouldn't yes. be just one music following the next, next music or what. If I'm talking about an issue like Africa, it would be maybe three and four tracks, Africa. And then maybe I'd go into another subject. And again, we don't even realize it, because people have said it to me, and I never even realized at the time, is that you have to have a creative mind to can do something like that. And it made me really seriously listen to everything that, as, as music that I was getting. Listen to the beat of the music. Listen to what the individual was saying on the track. Everything. It makes sense now. Why? This, Steve. Yeah. I got to talk this part because this is so important to me. Right? That business helped me to buy a house. Mortgage a house. Hmm. It helped me to get my first car. Okay. My second car, actually. No, my first car. My first car, somebody bought 50 cassettes. Off me for a Fiat one two seven. That's what that business done for me. Mm-hmm. I grew that business to the point where I was doing Petticoat Lane in London, Ladbroke Grove, 
and quite a few festivals mm. like Glastonbury and things like that. And it helped me to mortgage a house, buy a car and quite a few things just out of my own creativity. And is that where, because I've always been intrigued in terms of Ace, the name yeah. of where he come from, yeah. why you decided to call it Ace Fitness. So is that, that's where it to, came is from. Is that where it yeah. came from? Yeah. Ace just means to me number one, Ace. Yes. And like I said, the first business I ever created was Ace Recordings. And this was all the cassettes. It was a very, when I say lucrative business for the, at the time, it was. Mm. Very, very lucrative business. And was you training at the time as well? Was he? Yeah, at the time. Training or was you focused more still? You know, your business, your music. Business. Nah, I've always been training. 